Hey guys, this is Vicky from Vivid Talks. Today I'm bringing on a very special guest, Kim from Senpai Squad. He's built his apparel company four years ago and strongly focuses on building community and relations. He's hosted tons and tons of events and car meets across the U.S. and has impacted thousands of people. I'd like to share with you his story of how he started building his branding into a successful brand now that is loved by a lot of anime and video game nerds. Hey guys, I'd like to welcome Kim from Senpai Squad today and I'm so excited to have him here. I've known him for, oh my gosh, like six, seven years now? Five years? Yeah, give or take. We've lost track of time now, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Kim, can you tell us a little bit about what you do with your branding with Senpai Squad? I started Senpai Squad four years ago. Originally, it was just an idea that meshed all my hobbies together, right? Within the party, the anime, the car scene, which is all of my hobbies that eventually kind of like melted into one. I noticed there was like a untapped market for all of that together. So I ended up creating that brand to fill that missing piece. I think your brand focuses mainly on like the community and a lot of like the car scene. What kind of got you like motivated to kind of keep building this momentum for your branding? Yeah, what really motivated me was just actually having that influence to be able to create things, give a place for people to create memories and have fun. Because I knew back then, I always was looking for a place to do things or be able to experiment my photography skills and stuff like that. Having that power and influence to be able to do that just basically gives like a whole other meaning to my life, right? To be able to fulfill thousands of people's lives just by creating this one event or doing something just makes me happy. So that's why I keep going and, you know, building onto the, the brand. Back then, you did a lot of like videography and photography. What made that shift change into more of this branding? Because I don't think you do very much video work anymore nowadays. Back then, I always loved to capture the moment because I want to be able to reflect back on the past. That was very like small scale. I film one or two people or maybe like 10 to 20 people a day when I go to conventions. But then with my brand, it's on a more like larger scale. Transitioning from a videographer and photographer to owning a brand is is a huge difference. Can you tell me what are some of like struggles you've kind of come through with your branding during that transition time? It's like a smaller group of people. Now you're working with like thousands of people, right? I'm a very hands-on type person. I like to do everything myself. Having that mindset mentality is very draining. Right, yeah. <laughs> You have to cater to just thousands of people and always smile and be friendly, which is, you know, I'm fine with that. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just want to relax or have people take over. But I think that's just something just personal that I like to do, to do everything and build everything myself. Gotta outsource, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's just something that it's hard to let go, but I'm slowly actually doing that. This year, I've been asking for help a little bit more. So it's a slow transition, but it's happening. (laughs) Yeah, Kim, you actually wear so many hats, like managing like your branding and doing your social media, doing your photos, making your products and everything. What do you actually outsource right now so you can give you more time to focus more on your business growth? It's rare to hear that I ask for help, but whenever I go back from traveling or events, I usually have just a pile of work to do, pile of orders. Usually when I come back, I'll ask for a friend to help me for six hours or eight hours just to do all the small tasks that take up a lot of my time. That way I can focus my energy on the things that not anyone can do. The more important stuff. More like branding decisions, right? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So what would you say would be your workflow when you're like creating a new product? Because I know you sell like t-shirts and stickers and hats and whatnot. 
it's honestly quite a hard balance because there's so many things to do. For me, I don't technically draw any of my artwork. I outsource and hire artists. So I basically allocate like ideas to different artists. Usually try and write all my you know ideas down on like a notepad or Google Calendar. And then I'll just start allocating it to each person. That way they're working on a specific project at a time. How do you know if that idea will work? Do you test it with a couple of people first from market history? I'm a very analytical person, so my mind always works 100%. So <laughs> I always analyze like trends and you know whether things work or things don't. Having all these statistics, making them work together is amazing, right? You need both to really for them to succeed. But also I have this thing within me where I usually know what works and what doesn't. Basically done so many things already to where I have an idea of what should and shouldn't work. You're a veteran now. <laughs> so I know you mentioned you plan a lot of events. Can you tell us a little bit about your events? Most of them are car meet events, right? Yeah, so I do two main ones, car meets and also parties. With the car meets, they're usually local in Houston, Texas. So I've been like throwing them like way back in the day. Actually, it's like pretty successful. Then there was a period of time when I was traveling to conventions every week or two. So that took away a lot of my time to do all the car meets. But now I'm back in town, you know, during COVID, I have more time to kind of do like small scale car events. So what got you into like the whole Itasha car meet kind of scene? Because you always deck out your cars, right? Yeah. Back before I started my brand, I actually went to a car meet in Houston. I think I took a break, like an hour lunch from work and I quickly drove to the event and, you know, just so I can see some of the cars within the hour. And I saw this booth with some Itasha cars and during that period it was very 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 brand new it was like totally like new to the scene it really caught my attention i was like wow like the two things i love cars and anime was like together, <laughs> right and i'm like i never knew this could be a thing i was like i have to do it no matter what right back then i didn't have enough money to wrap both the side of my cars so i eventually just did one side <laughs> just, <laughs> just one so side. I have something, right? yeah <laughs> driver's but, side <laughs> But yeah, the booth that had the Atasha cars, they actually designed and print and do the wrap. So I actually contacted them. They ended up doing my car. And now fast forward, we're working together. We're under the same building, the shop that we're at right now. That's good. Yeah, you guys just recently opened up your shop too, right? Can you tell us a bit about your store? So the store is called The Weave Stop. Basically, it's us giving back to the community because right now the car scene and anime scene is kind of like slowly dying. So we want to build that up with like throwing events at our store so when COVID gets better we'll like do in-house game nights movie nights and stuff like that oh, wow. and then uh, we'll do like a monthly or seasonal car meet outside a more bigger scale so that's on like the event side of things and then inside the store we'll sell merchandise with our brands and maybe down the line we'll add additional brands to the store as well Oh, wow. So you guys are really community-focused. Why do you feel that's a very important for your brand? For me, personally, I feel like without the community supporting me throughout these years, like I wouldn't be where I'm at. So I just feel like it's just a must to give back. I love being able to see you know, people enjoy what we produce and stuff like that. And that's why me and Expresskins, my partners, work together so well because we have the same philosophy. It's just to get back to the community and, you know, work together. Can you tell us one of the events that you organized, like that's the most like memorable event that you've done? There's so many. <laughs> well, one of them could be Anime NYC. It was my first real Itasha car show. Oh, 
Okay. It was kind of like the unknown where I was a little scared because it was East Coast. We're very strong in the West Coast and Texas, but East Coast, we were given this opportunity to throw in the Tasha show for Anime NYC. And it was such a big deal because this is my basically way of getting my foot through the door for all the East Coast conventions and the community, right? And then I basically convinced, I think, four to six people from Houston to drive to oh, New wow. with me. I didn't expect anyone to come with me, but uh, fortunately, I was, you know, able to bring some friends along to, to help. It's very fortunate. I know it's a very memorable experience because it was unknown, scary, but ended up being successful. Why was it successful? With the help of the community and my friends. Myself, I can only do so much, right? right? But I ended up reaching out for help. And with everyone seeing how much I do and how much I give to the community, they wanted to help me out. Basically, it just comes around full circle, I believe. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. I miss going to your events too. They're always so much fun. That's the one thing with my events is I really try and focus on the atmosphere and the content that's inside, right? So I want to make sure that it's always jam-packed. I feel like everyone has a different style and everyone has a different thing that they enjoy. So I try and have so many different activities so that way at least it's something that they like. Yeah. Yeah, right. So what kind of events do you usually run then like within your event? Within like the parties, I'll have DJs, photo booths, glow sticks, competitions, giveaways, vendor booths, cosplay contests. So I want to make sure it's like jam-packed with things to do. And then car meets, it's the same thing. Like we're planning one next week and we're thinking of having a fire pit. We're thinking of like a roasting... Marshmallows? Marshmallows, yeah. Marshmallows. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. <laughs> and then we're thinking of doing like a cosplay contest and then the guest judges will judge the best cosplay and we'll have prizes. And we're having like a bunch of vendors coming from out of town. We'll have like a Natasha car show. We'll have food trucks, snack trucks, boba vendor, and just a whole bunch of stuff happening. Yeah, I just want to make sure that it's jam-packed with things to do. So what would you say would be the most challenging thing when you're planning events? Like, is it dealing with acquiring the venue or? Honestly, I think there's a lot of things, but I think the one thing is that no matter how much you plan, there's always something that's going to come up last minute. Yeah. So a very good trait that I believe I have is figure things out on the go, right? If you right. have that skill, you can do pretty much anything, right? Right. So I think that's just the challenge. So I guess being able to think on your toes and improvising, right, in different mm-hmm. scenarios. Correct. So you can't expect what to happen, right? So what would you say your next goal is now that you've got your store set up and you kind of got your plans going with some of your future events? Yeah, so we have some plans, basically trying to grow it right now. And once it's to where we're comfortable, we're actually planning on opening one up around the LA area. Not like a franchise, but like a sister store, like the yeah. Weeb Shop, basically in LA too, right? Correct. That's really cool. Next year, we're planning a 15 to 16 city tour for my party. So that'll be a big deal too, just depending on how COVID goes, of course. So how are you finding that, like with all the COVID issues, how is that affecting some of your events? The after parties that I have planned this year, I basically have everything cancelled just for, you know, the safety of everyone, especially Mm -hmm. since everything is indoors. Conventions obviously follow through after, so it just made sense. We have all the venues secured for next year because Mm -hmm. we want to be ahead of the game and then we'll plan accordingly. It feels like COVID is still going to happen a little longer than expected. Then we'll start cancelling like the events. So we want to plan ahead instead of planning too late. Right, yeah, because a lot of the events kind of announced like their events cancelling this year, like a little bit one at a time, and then they asked, do you want to rebook for next year? Yeah. And 
Yeah, and they just kind of play by ear to see how they manage their event for next year then. Yeah, that's the thing. I just have to keep track of everything too, which is a little bit of a pain. But luckily, most conventions send you like an email with updates before everyone else. Yeah. So how many events were you doing like pre-COVID? I haven't really counted. I've lost track. (laughs) Too many. I can guess like around 20-something. Give or take, you know, this is just an estimate, but yeah. You also like attended conventions too with your groups, right? Yeah, I go to around like 20 a year. Now, I think next year, it's going to be almost every week, so we'll see. Wow, every week? Every week, every two weeks. I think it's going to be really, really crazy. Since I have this time of, like, rest, you know, (laughs) not really of a rest, but more of a rest than conventions, I need to figure out all the logistics and staffing and how to make sure things run smoothly when it comes to the convention time in 2021, you know? I don't want to fall behind, you know, as soon as everything gets going because... When conventions get going, I know it's going to be crazy. I guess right now you're in your planning phase then. A couple of like weeks left before 2021. Correct. When would you say start picking up like March, April for the convention season for you? Like pre-COVID, I'd say like it usually starts like March, April. But now we don't know. So we're still going to plan for like May time, you know. But obviously, I'm not going to bank on like having the convention. I'm just going to expect that it's not going to happen. Plan for it, but expect the worst. Well, you have so many events going on too, and you have so much people you can help as well with your community. So what would be a good piece of advice to give someone who's trying to start their own branding in like the anime industry? Like what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, my advice would be to just do it. Basically, if you don't have exactly what you need to start the brand, be fine with just starting with the bare minimum. That's what I did. I pretty much started with one sticker design, and it just grew from there. If I were to wait six months down the line, I don't think I would be where I'm at today. I would be held back because there's a lot more competition. And then, you know, I didn't have that room for trial and error. The earlier you start, the quicker you can make mistakes and the faster you can learn. I made so many mistakes. I still make (laughs) mistakes, you know, but that's the thing. It's like the more mistakes you make, the more you hopefully learn and make progress. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kim, for sharing your experience about how you grew your Senpai Squad brand. I even like wore your shirt today oh, thank <laughs> to you represent so much. the Senpai Squad. And sh- stand up. I want to see your shirt. Okay. <laughs> your new your new hoodie, right? Yeah. Got the stripes just, down. Nice. You just released yeah. it, right? Yeah, it's going to be released this weekend. So oh, I'm going nice. to get it shot tomorrow and then marketing and stuff like that. Oh, thank you so much, Kim. <laughs> no problem. Right. Thanks for having Thanks. me, Vicky. Thank you. Bye. Bye.